college football teams that uh, are projected to be favored, according to some entities, uh, in all 12 games this year. This guy's a big handicapper, um, and he loves himself some college football. So college football teams that Brad Powers 7, that's his Twitter account, that project to be favored in all 12 games this year. This guy's no schlep. He knows what he's doing. Uh, Alabama. No shock. Clemson. No shock. Ohio State. No shock. Oklahoma. Okay. And then Wisconsin. One, two, three, four, five teams this guy says will be favored in all 12 games this year. One of those teams is Wisconsin. Just 12 doesn't include championship games, so nobody That's... harp on that. <laughs> but I'm seeing a lot of positive tweets from some of the, the big handicappers out there yep. with Wisconsin, not only for them being a team that wins 10-plus games, but also a team that makes it to the Big Ten championship, one of the best 10 teams in the country coming into this season. And you, you look at it and – from a Wisconsin Badgers fan after I think most people would say a disappointing 2020-2021 season. Oh, for sure. It's something to make you excited, especially for the fact that now it seems like things are going back to normal. There's going to be tailgates. There's going to be fans in the stands. We're going to be at the red zone. And the Wisconsin Badgers are going to be a good team again this year. There's no reason why they shouldn't win double-digit games. They shouldn't be in the Big Ten championship game. And they shouldn't have a nice season. So first game, obviously, Penn State coming to Camp Randall. Penn State's kind of – you remember last year when everything was shut down and James Franklin was like, we're going to go no matter what. we got a championship-level team. We could make the <laughs> national championship. And then they went out and just laid a turd bum, bum, bum. all over every field. Penn State has definitely dipped down a little bit in – I wouldn't say relevancy, but in how good they're going to be. So that's September 4th. Uh, well, I don't know, Rowdy. What do you think that would be favored by? Penn State, Wisconsin. Wisconsin by like a field goal or four points or something? I mean, I'm pretty sure that line's already Is out. Is it out? Uh, if you can get the research department on it, that'd be great. I th- I want to say it's like five or six. Is it? Wow. Uh, Eastern Michigan, they're coming to Camp Randall. That's That'll be a bloodbath. Uh, Notre Dame, though. So Notre Dame, obviously, it's on a neutral site. They're in Chicago at Soldier Field. So they're... This Brad Powers is saying that, yeah, Wisconsin's going to be favored over the Fighting Irish. That's, yeah. I mean, a neutral site game. Yeah. Notre Dame lost quite some big-time players. Yeah. I mean, it's not surprising. I love it. Uh, Michigan, they're coming to Camp Randall, so that's a nice little uh, nod for the Wisconsin Badgers. Illinois, their over-under is uh, – what's their over-under? Like three and a half wins? Three wins? Something like that? If I'm Four wins, maybe? Something. So, game four, Wisconsin-Penn State – Line opened at four and a half. Four and a half. Wisconsin nice. favored. Love it. Uh, Illinois, that'll, they'll be big favorites. Army. This is going to be intriguing, RJ. Army coming to Camp Randall. What do we think? Yeah, it, I mean, it's I know Wisconsin's going to be favored. It's always odd because you never know with the triple option. Um, and as, as of late, Army's become a very competitive football team, uh, much like Navy has been for a year where – or for a few years where if you schedule them, it's not always going to be a guaranteed win solely because of the uniqueness of what you see on the field, at least on the offensive side the of the triple ball. triple option. Yeah, that, that's a game for Wisconsin that could be like the look-ahead game. Ho- hopefully not like that. Well, ahead of the, after, after Army is Purdue at in West Lafayette. Army, though, yeah, Army is such an intriguing entity because <laughs> – well, you don't see triple option. No, the triple option is so is so. I like the triple option. It's unique because it's you don't see it often. But it's, yeah. 
I don't know. If if Wisconsin, I don't know. It's so weird. Oh, uh, then Purdue, they go to West Lafayette after Army. Uh, then you get Iowa at Camp Randall. Remember a time when uh, Iowa and Wisconsin, they'd always like they'd always win on the road. Like Wisconsin would go to Iowa, win on the road. Iowa will come to a Camp Randall and win at Camp Randall. Well, it never ever seems to be a clean game against Iowa. And that's homecoming too. Is October thirtieth against Iowa. That'll be a big one. That'll yeah. be huge. Uh, Rutgers, Rowdy, your uh, Scarlet Knights. They're going to New Jersey to take them. That'll be no problem. And then here's the one that uh, I circle and like is always a mind f. Northwestern comes to Camp Randall. At least it's not at Evans Field, right? Right, RJ. Yeah, but as of late, it doesn't seem to matter against Northwestern. I, what's more confusing, the potential of Army and the triple option, or how Wisconsin and Northwestern always play like the most dog bleep games? <laughs> uh probably the latter. <laughs> Uh, it, yeah, we'll, we'll see how things go with a new defensive coordinator. It's not like they're going to change a lot. The only thing I can say about Mike Hankwitz when he was the defensive coordinator worked here. Uh, well, Paul Christ was the offensive coordinator behind I, enemy lines. Knew, knew the Wisconsin system pretty well. It's not like Paul Christ changed a lot of it. And yeah, by the time we played them, you were down a few receivers. Um, I think we can all agree Northwestern got away with a lot of physicality, physicality especially out on the edges that Wisconsin was not allowed to get away with. Like when Wisconsin would, you know, have an interception and they'd call some phantom pass yeah. interference. Yep. Uh, but, I mean, that's that was just this past game. Uh, credit to Pat Fitzgerald and what he's done yeah. at Northwestern. Uh, made them in from, from a once-in-a-10-year recruiting class <laughs> team to a consistent Big Ten team, much like uh, the Badgers have been since uh, Elvarez. The only time that I can really remember in recent memory that Wisconsin kind of throttled Northwestern was when Clayton Thorson was the quarterback for Northwestern. And then you go back and you look at that box score, and they really (laughs) didn't throttle them. It just felt like that because that was when they jumped up right away big and they kind of dominated Northwestern Northwestern really didn't do a ton on offense until like the last fourth quarter because Wisconsin kind of called the dogs off and played um, well prevent type defense and all of a sudden you look at the score and you're like ah man that score looks a lot closer than that game I remembered this very differently Uh, and then Nebraska comes November 20th to Camp Randall. They're a dumpster fire. They might not have a head coach at that point. Do you you remember when Adrian Martinez was dark horse Heisman candidate? Yes. (laughs) That was hilarious. Well, that's went along the wayside. And then finally, the final game of the season, they go to Minneapolis to take on PJ Fleck and his uh, busted ass canoe, uh, or boat, I should say that they're rowing is remember there was uh that CBS sports talking had, I forget who it was. So that Wisconsin's lone loss would be at Minnesota. Yeah. Well, and that it turned out that way because he went through the whole thing and couldn't pick like, out like, a oh, loss. Oh, I don't have a loss to these guys yet. I can't, I can't they do can't this. They can't go undefeated. So Adrian Martinez for Nebraska, obviously you remember when he was like in the top five to win the Heisman. Yeah. Yeah. He now all of a sudden is plus 10,000. And you know who he <laughs> is? You, you know who he's actually tied with? Um, for odds to win the Heisman? McCaffrey, who's now at Louisville? Jack Cohn. Well, Graham Mertz. Oh. oh. Uh, Peyton Ramsey. Oh. Bo Nix. Ooh. <laughs> that guy shouldn't be on a Heisman list. <laughs> he might not even be the starter. Yeah. That guy but 
That uh, who's the company that signed him to a deal? Some, he got signed. Some, yeah, yeah, some, by like water company, sports beverage company. I think it was that I've never heard of. Maybe it's one that like helps erase your memory of his performances. Huh? Could be. That's interesting. But Graham Mertz is on there with him. Yeah, yeah. At plus ten thousand. Uh, does Adrian who, Martinez? Who, who would you who would you rather have a ticket on? Graham Mertz at plus ten thousand or Adrian Martinez? I'm gonna go uh, on a limb and say Graham Mertz. Put it out on Mertz, the guy that has his own logo. Huh? I don't think Adrian Martinez got his own logo. Uh, we'll talk some more college football coming up here. Or or who? What ticket would you rather have? A Peyton Ramsey at ten thousand or at plus ten thousand or a Graham Mertz at plus ten thousand? You need the basically the. <laughs> I would <laughs> to answer your question around to be Graham Mertz. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's kind of funny. It is kind of funny. That's the fact that Graham Mertz is laying that far in the weeds for all the hype that he's had coming yeah. in as a highly re- uh, recruited kid and the fact that we've seen his highs being the Illinois game Oof, or just other good games like the Michigan game. So we've mm-hmm. seen that type of success. I, I don't think Peyton Ramsey has ever <laughs> had an Illinois game in his life. Yeah, so we'll yeah. take uh, we'll take Graham Mertz right there. I saw this pop up here, and I had to chuckle. It was the article, uh, the headline said, 2021 college football hot seat rankings, evaluating the job security of all 130 FBS coaches. Now, they do it on a ranking system. Uh, if you're rated a five, that means win or be fired. Four is a start improving now. Three <laughs> is pressure is mounting. Two is all good for now. One is safe and secure, and uh, zero is untouchable. Now, Paul Christ... The Badgers head coach, he comes in with a, let's see here, 56-19 and 19 record, six seasons. He has a zero. Paul Christ is untouchable. We all agree with that? Yeah. Rowdy? 100%. Untouchable, Paul Christ. Looking around, aren't you looking at a couple? You want me to give you some? Yeah, no, I'm just. I was going to do some Big Ten flavor. PJ Fleck for Minnesota, he comes in as a number one, and that would be safe. That's safe and secure. But something I wanted to ask you guys about, because I'm pretty sure he just got a big contract extension, Harbaugh for uh, Michigan. He comes in as a number four, and a four is this. Start improving now. I mean, he's got to. Haven't we been saying that about him for a yeah, while? That's, yeah, that's been the thing, though, with, with Harbaugh. It's been, well, he's not really living up to – like the first few years it was all, okay, he's turning Michigan around. They're getting better, yep. which they did. Yep. Yep. But they've kind of hit that wall around the 9-10 win mark. Yep. It's kind of like, remember Bo Pelini in Nebraska? <laughs> he always had good teams. He never had great teams. He was always solid. They'd have 9 or 10 wins pretty much every single year. They'd always have a pretty decent defense, and the offense would Look where that be all right. Well, that wasn't good enough for Nebraska because they were Nebraska. Yeah, And, and then, then he started to bring his cat around to like have people like stop talking about him. Like, hey, uh, here's my cat. Like, Don't fire me. You guys remember that? He bought his yeah. cat to practice. Fopolini. Yeah. Then they went with Riley, and Ooh. it only went down from there. But it's, that's kind of, I think, the same type of situation that Michigan is in. You're a guy. You're with a guy that, obviously, he is played for Michigan. Mm-hmm. He's a Michigan guy. Yep. And they right now, they have decent teams. He I, just he just can't beat the Ohio yeah, State. The the it really becomes, where do you go then? I think at this point, it's not that... It's not that uh, Rich Rod. Yeah, you can fire him and find a better coach because it's yeah. going to be harder to find a better coach than Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, 
he's not getting it done against Ohio State. I think the bigger thing here is he's more or less just overpaid for what he's actually done. Yeah, totally. Right. He's an overpaid face figure. He, he's a Michigan man. That's but why. I think you you can look at that and say, yeah, he's totally a four on this list. But then if you talk to Michigan people like, I don't know, six weeks into the season, they'll be like, ah, oh, he's a two. Yeah, we yeah. love and him. Then, Extend and then, him again. And then by the end of the year, they're like, five, he's got to go now. Fire his ass. He's done, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Looking around the list, Scott Frost is a three uh, for Nebraska, like, and that's that that's pressure a, is mounting. Especially with and who knows, maybe it's changed. You just hired a, the new AD in Trev Alberts, who's a. Uh, Why know, did the other AD leave? He, I think he retired. Was that was that all? I was, think it was, was just like it wasn't anything. This place is too screwy to like so yeah, to do here. anything at. So they bring back Trev Alberts, who was a player at Nebraska. Um. Uh, maybe around the same time as Scott Frost. So maybe that's why Scott Frost is only a three, but I still think uh, when, when you're more concerned about the players who are leaving your program, <laughs> than you are about the players at your own program. And even those players at your program, you sit there publicly, not like we heard a basketball team say Greg Gard did privately and yeah. told guys, he goes out and publicly says, we lost that game because of the players. <laughs> the coaching was fine. Like, it, I, I was I was immaculate. Right. I was fine. And now he talks about guys who've transferred out like they were the reason we lost. Those are that's the reason. The guy who moved home to Kentucky because his, he's got a sick family member and want to be near them. Uh he's the reason we lost cuz he didn't feel committed to be here. Uh Dylan McCaffrey or whichever Luke McCaffrey, whichever McCaffrey it was. Uh we lost because of him, not because I didn't tell anybody on a specific day who's going to be the starter. My fault. I didn't tell them when they're going to go in and out of a game. RJ, it's I, always someone else. Yeah, I think I think Scott Frost on paper makes a ton of sense for Nebraska. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Nebraska does. guy, he gets the culture. He was there when they were a winner. Self-proclaimed national champion. But on the field, <laughs> he's not getting it done. And if you really look at what he has done in his career while coaching at UCF and now Nebraska – what his, was his first year at UCF? They went like one and whatever. Yep. Then they went five hundred. Yep. And then they had their quote unquote national championship year. And then he went and left for Nebraska, and hasn't been successful at Nebraska. But when you really look at what he's done his entire career with Nebraska and UCF, he really only has one memorable year. So yeah, yeah great fit on paper with everything that he's done in his past. But once you get right down to it, to what he's actually produced as a head coach on the field between UCF and Nebraska, it's been one good season. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Well, and it's even like that. It's it's almost the same scenario you have at Michigan. You brought in a fan favorite. You brought in a guy who is the school's guy. Uh, this is my and guy. And when it doesn't work out, I mean, where do you go from firing – a guy who was a player, who was a fan favorite, who was all, you know, you start yeah, you some soul searching to do. Where do you go from there? You have to have a gigantic philosophy shift and change. Yeah. Man, yeah. I would much rather have a Harbaugh than a Frost. Oh, my God. Oh, same. yeah, absolutely. Well, how about this? Real Fro quick. Frost could be that guy who's maybe he's just suited to be a group of five head coach yeah. or a solid uh, power five Offensive coordinator. Before we get to our guy Dave Essler coming up here, I wanted to get a couple more coaches in. Pat Fitzgerald for Northwestern. 
God, he's really been there. He's been there. What? He's been there a long 15, time. 15 years? Yeah, he took over when uh, yeah, that's Randy right. wow. Walker That's crazy. Away. 15 years. He is a zero. The zero means the same as Paul Christ, untouchable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're not ever going to fire No, Fitzgerald. He's going to re- retire. Yeah. He, I mean, he's the face of 15 years of wild, Northwestern dude. football and, since he played there. And <laughs> even lesser... To an extent of like Paul Christ, he gets even lower recruits than yeah. the Badgers. Yeah. And they continuously, they're not as good as Wisconsin, obviously, but they continue to turn out competitive teams and they good had defenses. Four star transfer quarterback coming, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see here. Tom Allen out of Indiana, he's rated a four. Uh, that's the same as Harbaugh. Start improving now. Really? Yeah. Come on. After the season they just had, you yep. have. Indiana- oh, no, 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 no. Excuse me. He's been there four years. Sorry, I, I screwed my numbers oh. up. Oh. It's actually a zero. Yeah, okay. I was going to say. My bad. I mixed I my like, numbers after up. After the season you just had, and I think Indiana. He was he was a two coming into last year, which was all good for now. Yeah. And now he's untouchable. My bad. I, I, I flipped <laughs> I my numbers say, there. He had to be worried there. If Indiana, I was confused, too. If Indiana fans had him at a four, then Indiana fans <laughs> don't deserve anything. <laughs> Maybe you just scrapped the football program. <laughs> uh, Brett Bielema was a one. Uh, coming into the season, that's just like safe and secure. Yeah, I mean, well, you gotta I mean, you gotta see what happens. And plus, many, Illinois has to stay with somebody for a didn't while. Didn't Illinois now. didn't like didn't like a like a ton of people transfer out? Uh, yeah, the day the last day you had to declare, uh, six more people transferred out of the program. Yeah, so B- Brett Bielema already facing a. Uh, Tough challenge of clawing back, remember, and yeah, jetting well, out on. But I mean, it's kind of do it. That's be probably going to happen. And you know what? There are some things Bielema is going to be straightforward with you with, and he probably told them they weren't going to play. Yeah. I think the Lovey Smith project had to come to an end. Oh yeah. Because at at first the name was great. Yeah. It's Lovey Smith, Chicago Bear, former coach, big name, going to help in recruiting. But again, on the field, nothing translated into winning. And I think Brett Bielema's underrated compared to a lot and, uh, of guys. Did yeah. I say Iowa? Kirk Ferentz is a two, which is safe and secure. I feel yeah. like uh, off the field stuff that could have potentially been higher. For sure. Our gambler to the stars, Dapper Dave. Dave Essler joining us right now, my man Dave. Dave, real quick, yeah. in the doldrums yeah. of this week, not much going on. What's a better to do, Dave? What's a gambler to do, my friend? Prepare for what's gonna go on. Oh, you're like a, like you're in the bunker, Dave. Like stocking up on the spam and the and the Twinkies. You ready to go for coming up here as the second half starts for the Major League Baseball season? Or did I see you all over the open too? Yes, my friend. Yeah, I did that too. I was just talking with Nelson about that. I started handicapping golf when the when the pandemic was going on because, well, what else was I gonna do? <laughs> Marble racing. <laughs> and actually, I did really well at it. So people sort of thought I walked on water and. Next thing you know, people at Golf, Golf Digest asked me to do their podcast, and so it's kind of become a thing. I, I don't know. I think people have a higher opinion of my golf handicapping than I do, but I will say I do have Morikawa, I do have Louie, and I do have space. So, so far, so good. Oh, Dave, listen, you're too humble, my friend. You do walk on water. I, I've, I've been following your bets. You're, yeah, you're no, the I used, I used to do that. I used to do that when I lived, I lived up north and it was frozen. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Hey Dave, how you been, man? What's new? What's good? I mean, we haven't talked to you for a week. How you been? How's the how's the week treating you? 
Oh, I'm, I'm doing fine. You know, it's it's. Uh, I kind of woke up this morning shaking a little bit. Oh my God, here I got to start looking at this stuff again because I had such I had such a clear head for a few days. It wasn't even funny. Uh, so clear that when I played golf Wednesday, I didn't hit one shot. I was really upset with. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, so so here I am Friday. All right, I got to get up and talk to talk to my friends in Wisconsin. Oh crap! I got to make some bets. Oh crap! I got to play golf. That's right. What, what am I going to do? We're going to keep you on your toes, Dave. We're always here. We're always, we're always pushing the the envelope, watching it bend, my friend. So, Dave. You guys, you guys make me think. I was, I was saying, what would my three favorite movies be? What would my coach to be fired You're be? listening. <laughs> Dave, what is a, what is a Dave Esser like? I don't want to ask your, your top three, but what is a Dave Esser like go-to movie? If like you had to choose one, what would it be? I know that's a oh, tough si- question. Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> like yeah. that, Dave? Exactly. You want to get some uh, good a Chianti and some fava beans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, matter of fact, you know, true story that, you know, my wife doesn't necessarily like those kind of movies. And, uh, <laughs> she, she, was, she was out with the girls doing something. It wasn't, you know, it was within the last month. And uh, what am I going to do? I know I'm going to watch Anthony Hopkins again. <laughs> it's a great movie, dude. It's a phenomenal movie. Uh, so, so, yeah, I watched it for... Uh, for uh, I watched the whole thing. I don't know how many times I've yeah, seen. Some it, say that Buffalo Bill is just misunderstood. I don't know, Dave. I just think he was kind of a freak. All right, Dave. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't even know where we're going with this, but I love it. Hey, Dave. Let me ask you. Nelson had a really good uh, question earlier, and uh, it was about our quarterback Graham Mertz. Uh, Rowdy, ask Dave the same thing you're asking RJ and I with a ticket you didn't want to have. Well, yeah. So we were looking at some of the futures for the Heisman Trophy. And Graham Mertz was 10,000 uh, plus 10,000. But some of the other quarterbacks in the Big Ten or familiar faces that Wisconsin has seen, like the Adrian Martinez of the world or the Jack Cones or the Michael Penix Juniors, all relatively close to the same odds or at the same odds as Graham Mertz. And personally, I feel like I would want to have a Graham Mertz ticket besides all those other guys. Yeah, I would be inclined to agree with you if for no other reason than Wisconsin should win that division handily, and Ooh. and I don't know if he plays. I don't know if they vote before the conference championship game or after. I think maybe before, so he could conceivably get crushed by Ohio State and still win the high. <laughs> um, I guess. I guess my concern for the Badgers would be um, his big playability. I mean, is he a game manager or not? I mean, I looked and and last year I think they had three uh, plays of forty plus yards last year. So, you know, he's not going to win it dinking and dunking and dunking. You know, he's going yeah, to have to bomb it. Yeah, well, you know, certainly more than three in, in 12 games, yes. But to your, to your point, if I had to pick one of those, I would have to agree with Nelson. I love it, dude. Uh, Dave, let's uh, advance the story a little bit uh, just, you know, because you're, you're damn good at this thing called the NBA, and uh, I'm betting on it. I've been checking you out at, uh, was it, pregame.com, and my man Dave Essler is shooting 64% on the NBA playoffs. He'd love to see it. So, Dave, there's only one game in town when it comes to the NBA playoffs right now. That's the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns. What are we thinking? What's the Suns' favorite by four and a half here tomorrow night in game five down in Phoenix? What's the, what's the, the eyes of Dave Essler and the brain of Dave Essler thinking about this? Well, I have to think about that. Do I, do I appease the, the Madison audience, or do I... Do I take the sun? You only appease yourself, Dave. I know it. You're right. You're right. I mean, I, you know, I think it would be too easy for people to go ahead and take Phoenix. Oh, they're back home. They won two games at home. They won both games by double digits. Um, you know, but on the other hand, 
I got to wonder how mentally Phoenix recovers from game four. I mean, full disclosure, I had Phoenix plus five points, and, you know, they could have covered that easily. But for non-betting purposes, they pissed down their leg. (laughs) I love that term. You know, and, and, you know, CP3 is, what, 37, and this is probably um, like game 95 for the Suns. I mean, how... (laughs) You know, how much does that affect it? I, I really think that, gun to my head right now, I would take the Bucks because I just don't know um, that that Phoenix hasn't expended a ton more energy to get to this point than Milwaukee has. And I have to think that it's it's in Phoenix's head that last game big time. And, of course, the officiating, which, you know, I guess depending on which team you're rooting for, it was great or it was terrible. But It was bad for uh, both teams. Yeah, I mean, that's something you can't handicap. But all things being equal, I... I like the Bucks plus plus what two and a half two possessions maybe. Yeah, ooh, I like that, Dave. Hey, Dave. Uh, when it comes to something, yeah, that you're cooking up here. You did say you got up early. You know, like, oh God, I got to do some stuff on the radio. My friends in Wisconsin today. Any bets you're looking at personally? Like, this is a must do. Well, it's tough right now because you know after the All Star break, about half these games don't have pitchers announced. Right. So you know, we kind of got to pick and choose. Um, you know, one game I I'm looking at. And I talked to Nelson about this last night, and this is totally the lesser of two evils, um, but 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 um, Wisconsin people will like it. I'm actually thinking that we're betting against the Cubs yeah. and Henry, uh, against Bumgardner, and that would be doing something that would be doing two somethings that I don't normally do, and that would be take Arizona against a right-handed pitcher and bet on a pitcher coming off the IL, and that's obviously Bumgarner. However, I think that it's truly more of a fade of the Cubs who are are truly just in total implosion mode, um, literally and figuratively. So, Yeah, Dave, they're not flying the W. I just just don't grasp how the Cubs can be minus 150 on the road no matter who's pitching. Dave, the Cubs aren't going to be flying the W. They're flying the white surrender flag. That's what Chicago's doing, and it feels so good as a Brewers fan for myself. Hey, Dave, before you get caught up in that golf game, it sounds like you're doing pretty damn good for yourself uh, earlier this week. I did see the news come out that uh, now I, I assume you still like Tom Brady. You know, he did win you a lot of championships, you know, for the Patriots. But it was Tom Brady out there that he had a fully torn MCL in his knee. The Buccaneers never once disclosed that he had a knee injury, and the NFL declined to comment on the matter. What's Dave Esser think about Brady winning the Super Bowl, besting the season with a torn, fully torn MCL? Oh, boy, I could go on for another 20 minutes about that topic. <laughs> I think that uh, uh, I actually rooted against him in the match. Um, I had to. Um, it was. <laughs> I, I. I mean, I don't like him like I used to like him. Let's. I mean, let's be honest. Well, he turned. Um, but, he turned his back on you, Dave. Yeah, he did. I mean, you know, the way he did it was kind of bullshit too. But I think that uh, that um, he learned from the best. You know, he learned from Belichick. So I guess the apple doesn't fall far from the tree as far as that goes. That's right. But I'm definitely. I'm definitely. You know, it's another one of those things. Like, well, it was Brady, so the NFL is going to probably you know, do whatever. If it was a, you know, a Packers third string interior lineman, they'd come down on Green Bay. I mean, that's just the way it is, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, well, freaking Brady, man. Uh, I don't know how to take it as a Packers fan, knowing that he had a full, fully torn MCL and still bested Aaron Rodgers and the green and gold at Lambeau Field. It still kind of just <sighs> disheartens me. But Dave, before we let you go, my friend, it's the golf game looking like today. You dialed in? 
You know, I'm dialed in right now, but I don't know if we've dialed in when I get on the first tee. I'm feeling pretty good. I just told Nelson that I played Wednesday and I played really well. Uh, you know, I had the clear head, and now I don't have the clear head, so there's another obstacle to overcome. So yeah. uh, I'll... I'll tell you that. I'll let you go. <laughs> oh, and Dave, before I let you go, I know uh, you probably had weekend plans to watch this movie, but I want to save you the money. I heard that uh, Space Jam 2 starring LeBron James was a huge disaster and a flop, according to a lot of the reviews out there. So, Dave, I know it might break your heart that LeBron James made a terrible movie. So save your money. Don't uh, buy the ticket for you and your missus this weekend, okay? Well, you know, I, thank you for that. Um, and I'm, 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 you know, it's, it's totally good you have a seven-second delay on there. Yeah, it is great, isn't it? <laughs> I, could get, I, I could get in a little trouble answering that one. <laughs> hey, Dave, have a good weekend, brother. All right, you guys too. See Thanks. You. There you Follow him on Twitter, Dave underscore Essler, E-S-S-L-E-R. Check him out, pregame.com. Yeah, I saw it. I saw a flash across my Twitter sphere just a little bit ago. I showed it to Rowdy. Here it goes. Space Jam movie review. LeBron James film is an abomination. So if you're... I mean, go see it if you want to. I never was going to go see it to begin with. The sequel, Rowdy, is never as good as the original in most cases. Well, just seeing some of the the commercials for it, you're like, what is this? Yeah, that, that, I'm going to take a pass. Bucks Suns game five coming up tomorrow night in Phoenix. Bucks definitely... I mean, they have to steal one on the road. That's just... What it comes down to if the Bucks want to either A, win at the Pfizer form on Tuesday for Bucks in six, or B, eventually, you, I mean, you're going back to Phoenix, and that game would be Thursday. I think, yeah, Thursday, next Thursday is when the Bucks would be taking on the Suns in a potential game seven. Uh, what's funny about this is when the Bucks made it to the NBA Finals, how many talking heads from you know across the country were just crapping all over the city of Milwaukee of how bad it was. They don't want to go there. I can't believe we got to go to a finals game here. I heard some people saying it was going to be cold. Dudes, it's it's summertime. It's it's uh, July. I don't want to have to be wearing a coat. It's it's the summer. Um love the seasons here in Wisconsin. It's going to be cold as many Wisconsinites plan on turning their air conditioning on because it's <laughs> 90 degrees. Listen, I know a bunch of Wisconsinites that still wear shorts when it's like negative 40 degrees out. Cold is relative, man. Cold is not a thing here in Wisconsin. Now, some of these guys, Ram Jam in Scotland, you guys get summer in Wisconsin? Yes, we do. In fact, it's quite beautiful. Ram Jam, don't you only have in Scotland? Don't you just have rain? Isn't that your main season? Rain? It's just one season? So the Depressing? Next, the next game in Milwaukee is Wednesday? Uh, Tuesday, I think. I Tuesday? Look. Yeah. <laughs> The weather for Tuesday is 84 degrees in Madison. <laughs> yeah, it's tu- Tuesday, July 20th, Rowdy, is uh, the next game in Milwaukee. I'm, I'm according, gonna... according to the forecast, it's going to be 84. So yeah. if that's cold, where the hell are you living? Yeah, I don't understand the uh, the reasoning of some of these these talking heads. It's it's quite perplexing. Oh, and Ram Jan in Scotland, he says, we actually had two days of sun this year in Scotland. So there you go. You have... Uh, you have every other day is rain, two days out of the year, you get sun. Well done, Ram Jam. I hope you got uh, soaked that vitamin D in, my friend. But here's the thing. There's one guy that knows who, uh, who he's got to appease, and that's basically all of the franchises around the NBA, as Commissioner Adam Silver was praising Milwaukee and praising the Deer District. Take a listen. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver on NBA Countdown. 
By the way, this arena behind us, not just the Deer District, you know, new ownership came in here. They had, they set the goal of getting this new arena built. It's quite spectacular, this whole plaza around it. Sitting atop the 22,000 fans Wednesday night in the Deer District, the commissioner wanting to replicate this scene across the league. I'll pray the last time, but real quick, he's saying it's a model city. A model city, Rowdy, wants to replicate it across the league. Oh, you save your thoughts. Save, one second. Let's hear, let's hear we were talking thoughts. earlier, they're replicating this in a lot of cities around the league. You know, they're doing it now in San Francisco with these big, huge developments. It's not just an arena, but it, it's, a, it's a town hall. From a financial perspective for the NBA, they, they have to love atmospheres. All right, so he wants to replicate Duh. that across the league. Duh. <laughs> of course he wants to replicate across the league. Look at what they're doing in the little city of Milwaukee. You're talking about having 20,000 people watching the game. Yep. Inside, yep. twenty to twenty-five thousand people outside. outside, and there everyone is downtown in that area, spending money, buying up NBA merchandise, and Just obviously contributing a ton of money to the NBA. Not yeah, he he wants to see that in Milwaukee <laughs> because then he's going to say, well, if we can do that in Milwaukee, how about we go to like a place like Chicago, that's the third biggest city in the country in the yeah, country. Around the United Center is not the funnest. And how about we do that there? So then when we fit you know thirty thousand people into that building, we'll have fifty thousand people outside. <laughs> and it just makes sense, doesn't it? And it's only going to continue to contribute to their pocketbooks. Yep. No duh, he wants to do that everywhere in his. His, in his wildest dreams, he'd like to see that at all 30 oh, everywhere, cities everywhere. across the NBA, where not only are they putting full stadiums in there, but they're having just as many people outside, and they're all buying NBA stuff. Well, the they're question all tuning is, in. how much are they going to love it? Now, obviously, seasons in Wisconsin, when the NBA is getting on the way there is, they think called fall in the winter. So I don't know how rocking it will be outside when it's in the doldrums of winter. No, but I mean you can get at atmospheres like that once it becomes nicer out. Like yeah, for sure. Maybe the early part of the season when it's in October, October, early November, and then obviously once it becomes spring to summer. So I mean it's only when you're talking about it, it's only what really half of November, December, November, January, January, February, half Oof, of March. February stuff. I mean, you could still get th theoretically about half a season in nicer well, we'll weather. Well, we will go freeze our asses off for like a Badger Saturday. We'll we'll go stand out in the elements for that. I don't know how many. I people won't would freeze be. my ass off for a Bucks game. No, I won't. I also wouldn't stand out in the elements for a Bucks <laughs> game in the in the winter time. Uh, but you know, for that big time uh, bad weather they had uh, just two nights ago when the Bucks were at the Deer District, I think they said everyone to go home, but they still showed up in in droves. Because no, it's, they had severe it's, weather. Honestly, they were still showed up. It was like twenty thousand people out there. It's kind of ridiculous for Adam Silver. Well, we know it's it's ridiculous because we know what he actually is talking about. Well, he's about. just pumping up the city of Milwaukee after everyone sh crapped on it. Yeah, but you know, in his heart of hearts, he crapped on Milwaukee. He would crap on Milwaukee too. He probably before uh, before the Eden and Lazarus came in, he's probably like, God, please don't let an owner well, step up. Please let it move somewhere. Please let does, it move somewhere. Why does he care? I mean, he well, money. the the owners did exactly what he wanted them to do. Get all of the all of the people from the Milwaukee County and what those those. Oh, um, let the taxpayers pony yeah. up. No, I know Lazarus and Edens paid some of their own money, but the majority of it went to the taxpayers. Yeah, a which small, is insane. A small portion of I it they that. paid for, but yeah. yes, basically the people from Milwaukee and in the surrounding counties are oh, the ones that all paid for it. Hedge fund managers worth billions of dollars make the average common man pay the, for their... Yeah, uh, so not only does he get the, the common person... 
to pay the majority for the stadium in the area, but then the same common people are the ones that frequent it and spend all the money there and watch and buy their product. Let's. Uh, I see the phone lines blowing up. We'll get to you in one second. Here's a little more from Adam Silver. This is where graduations, political conventions, concerts, you name it. It's a gathering place, and that's what we're looking forward to, all of us post-pandemic. Development. So there you go. He's, uh, he's, he's ready for it. Not only NBA, but everything else in between. Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? Hey, this is Doug. Hey, Dougie. What's up, dude? Good morning. How we doing? I just wanted to uh, redeem myself from uh, yesterday because I kind of think I think you took my uh, my uh, what I said the wrong way. I guess what I was trying to say was what you spend. Don't you remember my comment when I said about the them overspending or they spent oh million? oh your your comment about how you know uh, was it on the Bucks paying a lot of money to the big three and then the injuries for the Nets and you I th- I feel like Doug you because you're in the French Quarter right. Yeah, you're still on Bourbon Street. I feel like yesterday you were in a tough spot because you had a thing called the uh, the Hangover Blues. <laughs> I think you had the Hangover Blues, Doug. So you're feeling a little guilty about your night that, before. Yeah, that might have it might have might have helped in my thinking. But what I was trying to get was like you think we'd be blowing people out, you know, because we got the big three versus you know like what Phoenix has, and you know they don't. That's what I was getting at. Gotcha, so gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I'm still, I'm still pro Bucks. Love the Bucks. Go Bucks. I'm just saying. These teams are playing us pretty good, and our our payroll what we have compared to them. You know. I got you, Doug. You don't have to say apologize or explain yourself. It's all good, <laughs> my brother. I got no ill will towards anyone. Dougie, how is uh, how is Bourbon Street? How is the French Quarter? It's pretty good, you know. It uh, it the smell and everything is it, it's different. It's probably it's, it's probably probably vibe. probably better in Shano though, right? The party seems probably better. Oh in yeah, Shano Shano Lake is way better. Yeah. <laughs> you got any beads you're I'm handing not- out down there? No, but I fell in love with a singer at a, a band that was playing at a at a bar. I fell in love with her. What's her name? What uh, I mean, was she hitting all the right notes? I don't even was know the name oh, of the Dougie, band. Dougie, <laughs> She did call me her boyfriend on uh, while she was up. Oh, on stage, and you so. fall in love have, head over heels very quickly, don't you, Doug? Yes, I yes I do. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? What's the what, what what kind of music like? Rock, country? What was it? A it, jazz it was, uh, like, like, down there. Everything they played. Uh, they, John Mayer. They were playing. Uh, Smokey Robinson. Oh, that, I know that's the way to your heart. Thing. A pretty little oh, yeah. ass singing Smokey Robinson, the dog. Oh, you, little, were, you were smitten. It tracks my tears. Yeah. Oh, dog, <laughs> love it. So you're going you, you gonna to find where she's performing at tonight and just sit front row? I think I'm done with Bourbon Street, man. I, it, it knocked me out, man. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess you did have the hangover blues yesterday. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. Just one time, maybe next time I come down, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll But, yeah. It, Did it, you have it, any, it, uh, was it Pat O'Brien Hurricanes? Do you have any of those? I, you know what? I don't I don't even remember the name of the bars, to be honest with you. Yeah, it sounds like you we were, were just, Yeah, we were just walking. Well, Doug, enjoy. So what, so what are you doing for the game then tomorrow? Are you going to be still in, in I, Yeah, I'll be back. In, I'll probably be in Apple. I'll probably be in Appleton. I fly in tomorrow, so. Okay, buddy. Well, have fun, man. Safe flight and, uh, you know, p- drink some Pedialyte and whatever your hangover cure is, get it done, okay? I, yeah, I got Pedialyte, so <laughs> thanks, man. See you, buddy. <laughs> He's all loaded up. He's already. I know Doug falls in love quick. Up the pipeline of the north. What's up, Troy? Oh, wrong button. Sorry, let me try that again. The pipeline of the north. What's up, Troy? Hey, pushing the wrong button. Too much yeah. Pedialyte for you, huh? <laughs> or not enough. <laughs> Hey, uh, all this talk about uh, Silverstein or however you pronounce his Silver, name. Adam Silver. So, Adam Silver, you know what's really good about that is is there's no uh, – the Bucks are drawing all the interest away from Aaron Rodgers, and I kind of like it a lot. Well, then, Troy, here you are bringing it up. Well, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, messing with, I'm just messing with you, hey, dude. <laughs> hey, the, 
the other thing is, I want to, I want to, uh, Ebold, can you get a little video of uh, Nelly slam dunking an eight foot, eight, eight and a half foot rim? Oh, Rowdy, we can make that. We can do that, right? Be- believe it or not, back in the day, Troy, with a mini ball, I got eight and a half. Nice. Well, Man, hey. but here's the thing: there's no video of it, so we can't confirm or deny. Yeah, I got, well, I got friends that'll stick up for me. Yeah, uh, I think we ought to, we ought to put that on, uh, on a Saturday red zone. Uh, oh, you got you it, know, dude! Challenge. We'll have a, we'll have a dunk think? contest. We'll have a dunk yeah. contest every day, uh, or Saturday. I, I was just looking at the schedule and trying to figure out. I'm going to try to get down there for a game to see the guys. So. Uh, um, let's uh, make well, sure hey, we Troy, we'll be reunite. here every game. We'll, we'll be reunited and it will feel so good. Troy, I'll, like yeah. I said, I'll get all your beer for you, okay? All right. Hey, and then a little shout-out to my uh, friend who's visiting me up in Door County, Cheryl, this today. So, uh, Cheryl Crow? No, not Cheryl Crow. Well, I was going to say, uh, I thought she was in Milwaukee. Yeah, right. So a little shout-out to her. So you guys have a good weekend, and we'll talk soon, huh? Hey, Troy, hey, Troy real quick, though, I know you're not the biggest NBA guy, but you said you were jumping in on the bandwagon now. Are you going to be I tuning am? in Saturday night? Oh, yeah. Eight o'clock game, I assume. Eight o'clock tip, yes, sir. Yep, yep. I'll be there, and uh, it's going to be. Uh, if it's got anything to, like the last couple games, it's been going to be exciting. So, yep, you better strap in, buckle up, Troy. Hey, have a good weekend, man. And All right, shout you out too, to Cheryl. Right. All right, talk See, later. See you, buddy. Bye-bye. Good stuff from Troy. Good stuff. <laughs> hey, we were just talking about. Um, well, I guess that would have been more springtime. We were talking about uh, dunking at one in the morning. Yeah, where where did the dunking thing come from again? Because <laughs> no, I was sitting around with a buddy, and we were back at uh, his place, sitting in the old stoop, having a few drinks with uh, all the older guys, and they were giving us crap about uh, how we were washed up and can't do anything anymore. And then <laughs> it got to, well, I can still dunk at this height. Oh God, yeah, I can still dunk on a Fisher Price hoop. There's no doubt about that. That's funny. So did you did you throw down then, Rowdy? With a with a actual size ball, eight is now my limit. <laughs> it's, it has, it's went down. There doesn't have to be one of those mini trampolines underneath it for no, you to get up there. No. Six oh eight three two one sixteen seven. Well, we'll just say it has gotten lower from where it was six seven <laughs> six seven eight years ago. Yeah, pack a couple lbs on and those hammies uh, just don't spring like they used to. Six oh eight three two one sixteen seventy. That's the phone number if you want to pine away on these uh, these phone lines. Twitter zone Madison. Twitch TV. My name Ebo says hit the follow button. But okay, so real quick on the Bucks. I mean Adam Silver, as Rowdy said, no duh, he wants to do this everywhere across the NBA. But it's nice to. Uh, See, and I mean, what else was he, the commissioner of the NBA going to say? This place is a dump. The, like, I hate this place. Like, it's nice to see him actually well, like I mean, repping his, the city that's in his league. ESPN commentators said that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even though they were going there. Yeah, they were always going there. Um, but it, it's just we, nice to hear, I guess. You see the uh, videos of people heckling Stephen A. Smith, which they should, and For everyone sure. should. Yeah. And then he's still getting upset that they're heckling him. It's like, dude, you heckled you, the whole you just, city. You just crapped on him. Why wouldn't you they? crapped on all of Milwaukee and the entire Bucks fan base? What do you, What do you want <laughs> them to do? Say, thank you, Stephen A. Can I please have some yeah, more? The, you're lucky they don't spit on you. Yeah, yeah. Please spit on me. Open my mouth. You can spit in my mouth for me, Stephen A. Smith. Like, come on, dude. What What did you really expect? Oh, I'm getting heckled. I'm getting heckled. No kidding. Of course you're gonna get heckled. Like, what do you? Uh, uh, whatever, dude. Uh, the Phoenix area, though, they'll get Game Five. Tomorrow night, as the Bucks are going back to Phoenix, hopefully they'll steal one on the road. We'll talk some deer coming up here. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith. I like Stephen A. Smith. That's the thing. Like, I I like his hot takes. Like, I like a guy, even if his his takes are so bad and so wrong, he still sits there with a stink face and looks like it. Like you're the idiot and not him for what he said. I respect that uh, to a degree. So Stephen A. Smith just. 
Just use your noggin a little more, man. If you crap all over a city, they're going to come after you, especially when it's the NBA Finals. Ebo, huge first take guy back in the day. Oh, I love, dude, Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless going back and forth. Yeah, you lost a lot of brain cells, but it was like entertaining because it's like, how can these guys be so wrong on both sides and stick with it so hard? I know it's made for TV, but it's, uh, dude, first take back in the day was awesome. Now it's just terrible. I don't mind Stephen A, but still, just it's not. Well, ESPN in general is just terrible. Oh, Rowdy, speaking of baseball, second half of the season to get uh, about to get underway here. What, can you pull up really quick or have the research department pull up the NL Cy Young odds? Because I am looking here, and I saw uh, you know CBS Sports put out a 2021 Major League Baseball midseason awards. And they're giving a Cy Young, they're giving MVPs out. Uh, AL MVP, they give the show Yotani, no surprise there. The NL MVP they're giving to Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, AL Cy Young they're giving to Lance Lynn of the Chicago White Sox, and then for the NL Cy Young there's not this is not a surprise that it goes to Jacob Degrom of the New York Mets. But here is my surprise, Rowdy, because they then go and down the list they have Jacob Degrom who uh, is leading the way with fifty. It's a point system they give him, so fifteen points, five first place votes. Zach Wheeler of the Phillies comes in at second with uh, nine points. Kevin Guzman of the Giants comes in third with five points. And then Brandon Woodruff comes in with one point, so fourth on the list. Not not a single sniff of Corbin Burns on this uh, award from CBSSports.com for midseason. Where's Burns at in the eyes of Vegas? I think Woody is overtaking, right? Do you remember, man, it was probably about two weeks before – the all-star break when we were briefly mentioning this and we would periodically look in to see where the Milwaukee Brewers and their starting pitchers were when it came to the NL Cy Young. Yeah. And DeGrom has pretty much been the favorite since about the start of things. Yes. Well, currently Brandon Woodruff, second place. Second place. Brandon Woodruff, second place. Corbin Burns, fifth place. Oh, so he did drop. Because if you remember correctly, the last time we looked at it, it was Woodruff was second, yep. Burns was third, and Freddie Peralta was like 14th. Yeah, yeah 14th. Yep. Well, here's where we're at now. Woodruff, like we just said, second place. Behind Burns, Graham. now fifth place. Freddie Peralta, ninth place. Oh, fastball Freddie on the rise. Okay, who's who's third now? Uh, Kevin Gossman, third for the San Francisco Giants. Zach Wheeler, fourth. Corbin Burns, fifth. Okay. So Brewers first place in the NL Central, four games above the Reds. I think we can specifically look at the best group of why they're there, and that's the pitching staff, right, Rowdy? Yeah. The starting pitching staff. 100%. I mean, you can look at that like that's the reason. Hell, they were talking about it uh, during the All-Star Game broadcast when Freddie Peralta was up there. They're like, you know, the Brewers hit and struggle a little bit, but you can look at these three-headed monsters right here, the reason why they're number one in the NL Central. And if you really want to get crazy and look at odds right now, the Brewers technically have four pitchers in the top 15 to win Cy Young. Because obviously Woodruff second, Burns fifth, Freddie Peralta now ninth. You know who comes in at uh, 15th? No. Josh Hader. Oh, the Hader raid making an appearance. Hell yeah. A closer, 15th to win Cy Young. Unbelievable. So we'll talk more second half baseball coming up here, but Rowdy, I got to get this out there. They're giving awards here too, as well for a AL and NL manager. AL manager going to Alex Cora of the Red Sox, but NL manager of the year, Gabe Kapler is number one. But then Brewers legend Craig Council is number two. <laughs> 
And then Luis. We don't Rojas. need to rehash this. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just telling you who's number two. Brewers legend Craig Council. Uh, Kapler gets 14 points. The Brewers legend Council gets nine points, and then Rojas for the Mets gets seven points uh, at third. So Rowdy, uh, Craig Council getting some love. Brandon Woodruff getting some love midseason. For, you know, Corbin Burns, I guess, falling down a little bit. That's okay. As uh, I'll take it when it comes to the uh, eyes of Vegas and the gamblers for uh, that when it's Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, and then Josh Hader. That's pretty cool. It is. And since you mentioned Gabe Kapler, former Brewer, yeah, I don't know, maybe some would say Brewer legend. Maybe. Brewer legend, game, <laughs> former Brewer legend. Gabe, what did you say, Giants legend, Gabe Kapler? <laughs> um, I just think it's hilarious how he was the manager for the Philadelphia Phillies the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And you know, the Phillies, they're a team that they have high expectations. They, we know how uh, Philadelphia fans are. They're a team that spent a ton of money. You look at some of the guys that they had brought in, like the Bryce Harpers of the world, like the Zach Wheelers of the world. I mean, they spent a lot of money. They're a big market team. Yeah. About a decade ago, they had a ton of success. They couldn't, they couldn't bust over any type of hump with Gabe Kapler as their manager with all of the, the money that they had spent on players and being a team that you look at the roster had a lot of talent. And then all of a sudden he goes to San Francisco. He's at a San Francisco team that I think many would consider to be older with a lot of has-beens. Well, what, what was Vegas have the over/under at for the Giants? The Giants were right around seventy-five wins for for their win total this year. They're fifty-seven and thirty-two right now. Yeah, they have a and bunch of through. a bunch of has-beens, and they're a team that normally doesn't go out and spend a ton of money like the you know the Philadelphia Phillies of the world or the New York Yankees or the Red Sox. Well, just look at their own division. The Dodgers spend all that money in the Padres. Giants are number one. And all of a sudden, this team of has-beens or guys that are aging are now like turning back to clocks and are currently the best team in baseball record-wise, and Gabe Kapler is the manager. Yeah, they listened to shares if I could turn back time and they figured out how to do it, Rowdy. They found the fountain of youth. They're top place in the NL West, fifty-seven and thirty-two. Dodgers fifty-six and thirty-five. Padres fifty-three and forty. Like I feel really good about the Milwaukee Brewers and hitting their over since they need to win thirty more games the rest of the season. Beautiful. But man, how do you feel? Like the best bet of the year was the San Francisco Giants over. Oh my God! Yeah, they're they're crushing it. Yeah. I mean, they sure. literally need like eighteen more wins the rest of the year. Yeah, and they're gonna do it. They're beastly. All right, I want to talk more Brewers on the way as the second half of the season begins after the All-Star break. Reds, Brewers tonight. It's going to be a doozy. Hopefully, Onora is not, uh, and that ump crew is not uh, going to be the Great American Ballpark because that was a tough, tough scene. Really quick, Rowdy. I'm looking here, uh, power rankings for Major League Baseball entering the second half of the season. The Giants are number one. The Dodgers are number two. The White Sox are number three. The Astros are number four. The Red Sox, five. Rays, sixth. Padres, seventh. And your Milwaukee Brewers come in number eighth of the power rankings. And this is what they have to say as the Brewers sit first place in the NL Central, four games above the Reds, with a 53-39 and record. And I quote, If they can get any offense at all, they'll be a tough playoff, uh, playoff out behind Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, and Freddie Peralta and their bullpen weapons. But yeah, that offense at 220, they are last in the NL in batting average, and I think they still lead in strikeouts. 
I added the last part in strikeouts. I think they still do lead in strikeouts, but they're definitely last in the NL in batting average. Can the offense? I know it can get worse per se, but can it truly get worse? You would say no. And the reason being is you would hope that your MVP, your best player, Christian Yelich, can be better than the first basically three plus months of the year. Cause he's been terrible. He's not been good. He one, he hasn't been able to get on the field because he had multiple spins stints on the IL. And two, he really hasn't produced. Like, yes, his on base percentage is relatively close to where it was in eighteen and in nineteen when he had his MVP season and what would have been his back to back MVP season before the kneecap. Yeah. But his production's not there. His batting average not there. His slugging's not there. <laughs> There's a lot to be desired from Christian Yelich. And then you take into account that Jackie Bradley Jr., another one of the guys that they brought into play outfield, is having statistically his worst career year swinging the bat. And you know, he statistically was statistically not great. I'll tell you that much. And he wasn't known as a guy that swings a huge stick. And then you have Lorenzo Cain, who is a guy that you were expecting to get, or most people were expecting to get back. And I think a lot of people were expecting him to be more like uh, something closer to his 2018 version, which is a little extreme in my opinion, but at least getting a solid fielder back and a guy that has a solid stick. And forget a lot of people thought that dude wasn't even on the team anymore. Like exactly. He's hardly played. And, and from the games he has played, I think there's been about one memorable game. He's, he's yeah, hardly was, played at all. against the Cubs early on in the season. And then on top of that, you're looking at some of the other guys that have been injured, and it was Colton Wong who Colton Wong so far this year has played like an all-star caliber player when he's been on the field. Yeah, he's now just had what three IL stints, two with the oblique, and a third one now with the calf. Yep. When he's been out there, he's been great. He's been exactly what the the Brewers were hoping they would get and what they paid for. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. And then you can always throw in the little injuries here and there, like you you had guys. Uh, well, guys like uh, Travis Shaw, who carried the team in April, yep, was non-existent in May, and then all of a sudden, what was that? Early June, where he separated his shoulder. Yeah, that's been an injury. So I mean, they've had injuries. We talked about how at one point they had 18 guys that appeared <laughs> on, on their IL. They're on pace to like shatter the record of most guys on IL. Uh, Rowdy, here's the thing though: the Brewers are one of the best teams in baseball, lead the division by four games. They have some flamethrowers, obviously, and they're starting pitching rotation in that bullpen. So, uh, looking at, I'm looking at a glass half full here in the second half of the season. I, th- there's no way it can get. I mean, it could, but there's no way really it could get worse. It's got to get better. There's no well, way it can be getting last in the NL Central for batting average. Well, if you look at the second half, they have roughly 75 games left. There's no way, in my opinion, that Christian Yelich can be any worse than what he has been in the first three plus months. Mm-hmm. Like, you might get the same Christian Yelich, but I don't think he can be any worse. And if he is, my God, please renegotiate that deal if it's possible, which is not. I don't think you can get an any worse Jackie Bradley Jr. than what we saw in the first half. Yeah. He kind of at the end of the first half was He started waking up a little bit. Up, he yeah. did raise his batting average from, like, the mid-150s to the mid-170s. <laughs> which is, okay, we're going up. We're moving up. But I don't think you can see a much worse J- Jackie Bradley Jr., especially swinging the bat. Yeah. Lorenzo Cain, I don't think you can get much worse just in general than what Lorenzo Cain 
brought to this team the first half of the season. He, he didn't hardly play. He is. Um, he did make an appearance yesterday, um, or he's with the Nashville Sounds doing his thing in AAA. I saw a throwback jersey he was wearing on Twitter yesterday looking very fly. Well, the, I mean, Looking good. Just from not being on the field, him being on the field at all is going to give you something more than what he did in the first half. Yeah. I think there's no... I mean, fingers crossed you wouldn't think that Colton Wong goes back on the IL for the second half of the season two or three times. Because yeah, that kind of stunk. Uh, Th- those are those are big time players that I think most Milwaukee Brewers, not only their fans, but the front office would say, yeah, we just paid Colton Wong a nice chunk of change to be our, our uh, starting second baseman out of free agency. We hope he's there to produce. We just signed Christian Yelich to a monster deal less than a, a year ago. We think he's going to be there to produce. Like these are a lot of players that they're asking a lot from that just Ooh. haven't been there or haven't produced at all. Okay, so speaking of Lorenzo Kane, they did play. The Nashville Sounds did play last night. They beat uh, Louisville five to four. It was throwback Thursday night for the Sounds. Low Kane was looking super fly in a throwback jersey. But here's the thing: he may have looked fly. But on the mound, or I'm sorry, in the uh, the batter's box, three at bats with one strikeout. He is batting 182 for Nashville with an OPS of 364. Well, I mean, look at. But he's he just he's just a certain. I, this is like this is like stating the obvious. But most of the time, when you pay players more, they're better. Like that's yes, just that's, that's kind just how of how pro sports works. I think that's how it works in, like, in almost every walk of life. <laughs> like, like the better okay. you are at something, the more you probably get paid. Yeah, the more you get paid. Well, if you look Unless at some companies, if like fall, get fired and get hired back and make more money. If you look at the players right now that are getting paid the most on the Milwaukee Brewers team, pretty much almost all of them are underperforming. And yeah. those are supposed to be your higher paid players, your better players, the guys that you expect the most from. I mean, look at who the highest paid player on this team is. It's it's Lorenzo Cain. Lorenzo Cain has barely played this year. You're, you're How just, many games has he has he's played? It's like it's like very minimal. It's, it's like minuscule. Lorenzo Cain is your highest paid player. Your second highest paid player is Christian Yelich. He also had multiple stints on the IL and has been very underwhelming. Once you get farther down from that, you're talking about Jackie Bradley Jr. We're talking about how he's having one of his worst career years. Yep. Another guy that's one of the higher paid is Colton Wong. Colton Wong now has three IL stints. <laughs> he is hasn't been there. He's missed a lot of games. And then after that, you have to go all the way down and, and talk about Avisel Garcia, who's been about what you expected and what you paid for, for especially a guy that's making just under $11 million. But when you talk about the five highest paid bats for the Milwaukee Brewers, you can easily say four of them are underperforming. And that's why you can look at the bats and say, well, no wonder they stink. But yet they're first place in the NL Central, four games over the Reds, and I'm going to look at glass half full and say, yeah, they stunk. But it can't stink anymore, can it? Therefore, it's got to just go get up. Isn't baseball? Isn't baseball like the law of averages, Rowdy? Everything kind of evens out at the end. They've stunk so bad offensively in the first half. Maybe that means they'll be so good in the second half to even things out, and you'll be looking at a team that again is four yeah, years in the last half full. You have to expect that you're going to get more from those players, even if it's just a little bit more. You're going to get more, and then you have a bullpen that's starting to come together and, and starting to crack that top ten. 
And then you have the starting pitching, which continues to be really good. Yep. You've been keeping a running total, right, of the Brewers' payroll throughout the years. You want to tell the fine folks what it is that you're uh, sniffing out here for the Milwaukee Brewers? Well, yeah, it's it's interesting to go back and look at the Milwaukee Brewers because we know they're small market. We know that they're a team that's not going to go out and spend a ton of money. No. I mean, everyone out, everyone out there has their own opinion on what the Brewers can and can't spend. And then when you actually see what they go out and do, you go back to 2017. It was a year where the Milwaukee Brewers were supposed to be one of the worst teams in franchise history. And that's, that's even talking about the nineties Brewers. <laughs> like they were, yep. they really cut back on payroll and, and yeah, they had like the, the guys like the Travis Shaw's of the world where they were given their first opportunity to be full-time starters. The Orlando Arcias who were extremely young yeah. and unproven. It was a lot of those type of players. And a lot of them came out and played pretty well one game away from the playoffs. Ugh. That team payroll, one. 69 million. Nice. And then you look at 2018, and, and 2018 is when they bring in Christian Yelich. They uh, sign Lorenzo Kane to that big deal. They make a few moves. That was when they brought in uh, Mike Moustakis in season. That year, their salary cap ballooned to $109 million. And then 2019 was the year in which they continued to uh, keep that roster intact, and they brought in Yasmani Grandal, who had a, a yes, pretty big contract, especially for a one-year uh, specific contract. That year, in 2019, their salary actually ballooned to $136 million. Oh, yeah. They were blowing their load there. And then if you remember, the Brewers wanted to cut back a little bit in 2020 because they didn't. Uh, they didn't re-up with Moustakis. They didn't re-up with Grandal. It was uh, the weird COVID upcoming Well, they were year. cutting even before the... They were they were already cutting before COVID, and then they kind of started to patch it together yeah. a little bit with COVID. That year, if you would have allocated it out to 160 game or 162-game season, because remember they had to shrink everything down yep. to like 37%. Yep. They would have spent in a normal year about $112 million. Really? And so now this year, remember, we were complaining for much of the offseason because David Stearns took a while to pull the trigger and yeah, signing some guys. Yeah, we're like, dude, guys. spend some money. Let's, your window is right now. Yeah, they ended up signing the Colton Wongs. They get the Jackie Bradley Juniors, they Brett Adamus, Anderson. to yeah. a, Well, Adamus was a trade. Oh, but yeah, yeah. All, all together, they went out, and overall, I was decently happy because I thought they were going to cut down again. Which they were all about saying they were going to do it. Yeah, but they still got some nice players. And obviously, I don't think anyone would have argued with signing another player or two that was decently good. But they cut their team salary to to currently it's the payroll's a little over $93 million. It's the 93. lowest, it's the lowest uh, team payroll the Brewers have had since 2017. Yet, this is the team that right now is on pace to win the division and win the division, I guess, a lot yeah, more handily. comfortably than playing game 163. Yeah, 538 had him at 91 wins, Rowdy. And I thought going into this year, the team that won the Central, 90 would get it done. Yeah, and here we go. Brewers looking like they're going to do it. 